the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing in more. Thanks for listening to the show. Mama always said, never catch a fold knife. I think I'm the only person who hated Forrest Gump. Then again, I've always... Mama says stupid is as stupid does. Yay! My millennial producer hit a button. Um, finally, finally we have some action in the show. The pins are starting to move. Will the final one drop? Maybe. Uh, Mama always said, never catch a fall knife. And uh, kind of what I want to get out at that right now is NVIDIA. I've wanted to own shares of NVIDIA for years, watching it go higher and higher and higher. It was trolling me. I grew up playing video games, right? And putting together PCs uh, was my thing because I was able to build them way cheaper than other people. And I made a little bit of money putting together PCs for other people. I know a guy who did it in college. Um, He put together bunk beds or what are they called when you... Oh, put together lofts. So the summer job was was doing all that. And then when school would start, all the freshmen would say, hey, I, I need a loft. And boom, boom, boom. But anyway, mine was video games. And NVIDIA makes the most powerful GPU. And there was a point in time where AMD, they would kind of up each other. Uh, One up each other, not up each other. Sometimes my head just doesn't work. But I've been wanting to own that stock. And if you look at it in the last five years, you're like, holy, whoa. Right? It's been a glorious run. But they fell apart because of China and Donald Trump and tariffs and maybe, maybe we just got too excited about super data centers and cars driving themselves and, you know, me coming on air and say, I really want to own NVIDIA. I don't own NVIDIA. I tell you when I own a stock. Um, NVIDIA, part of the video games, like if you ever play the Xbox, you play one of those driving games and you're like, wow, that car just blew right by me. How did he not run into my back end? Graphic processing is pretty darn cool. But when you have a slowdown on hyper growth, there's, I, I, I look at, I like growth, right? I'm a growth guy. Some guys like brunettes. I like growth. Oh, a wise guy. Um, NVIDIA shares have fallen. Gaming's about 54% of their sales. Data center's about 25%. So get out the abacus and we're up 79%. One area where they have growth of the consumer market is China. And we've been talking recently about how China's GDP is starting to slow for the first time since 1990. It's slowing quickly. So... Gross margins look under pressure right now, and I've always wanted to own NVIDIA, and I'm going to try to get this, this segment over. It's on my shopping list. It fell. Now I kind of want it to shake out a bit. There's four stages of lifestyle, life cycle of a company, right? There's hyper growth. When I was young, not many people had GPUs. Intel kind of threw a bone and would, you know, let you do a little bit of it, but they were never as good as AMD or, or NVIDIA. So now you're starting to see it go from hyper growth 
maybe to growth. You know, Intel pays a dividend because in the 1990s, they didn't. They were in hyper-growth mode. Everyone's like, what's a PC? Whoa, an 8086. An Intel Pentium, Pentium 2, Pentium 3, Pentium 4. Now they got these I numbers, and they're just calling like the eighth generation of the I9 or something like that. See, I used to know in the 90s when it was hyper-growth and it cared. Now they're like, we'll give you a dividend, old man, Black. I'm like, I don't want your dividend. So there's hyper-growth, there's growth, there's growth in income, and then there's income. For years and years and years and years, PG&E and utilities were income stocks, right? AT&T was an income stock because everyone had a phone. And then we came up with something called cell phones. I'm like, woohoo! And do you remember we used to pay per text? And you'd get like 100 texts a month or something like that, and you'd be like, why did someone just text me? And now you text whatever you want. And we used to pay per minute. And you get 300 minutes of cell phones. And the millennials are listening like, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about, paying per minute. 300 minutes a month, a plan. Right? Yes. Right? Now I've lost my train of thought. But NVIDIA is going from hypergrowth to growth. And like I was saying, like there used to be companies like AT&T and PG&E who we saw very particularly as income. There's four types of stocks. Income, growth and in income, growth, and hypergrowth. You pay more of a premium in risk. You take on more risk with hypergrowth. And that's what happened with NVIDIA. You took on a lot of risk. And when they their shares broke, they broke hard. Again, I want to own it. So I'm looking for a way in. But I probably missed its hypergrowth phase. Maybe I'll just have to settle for growth. If it goes to $100 a share, I'm in. It's at 135 right now. I know you're saying, man, you're, you're greedy. No, no. I like managing my downside risk. And to me, it's still a little bit too early. And what if one bad quarter becomes two? California doesn't have a lot of cockroaches. I know you're saying, where are you going with this, Rob? On the East Coast, I once went to South Carolina, and I swear to you, I got out of my car to pump some gas, and a big bird flew at me and ran in my face. And I knocked it down, only to discover it wasn't a bird. It was a flying cockroach. Mama always said, if you see one cockroach, there's hundreds. Mama says stupid as a stupid does. Thank you, Forrest, for adding to the show. Chewbacca never gave me advice on stocks. He always gave me advice on the ladies. Thank you, Chewy. Thank you, Chewy. Mr. T, he's got an opinion on gold. So he's my go-to. Oh, okay. He's in a bad mood today. But you get the idea. Um, Hypergrowth, growth. Growth and income, income. Uh, company I, I is on my shopping list, Visa or MasterCard. I like them both. I think that's the way the world's going. More swipes, right? And try as we might, we can't totally push these guys out of business. We can't totally regulate them. They're good companies. I like them both. Isn't that funny? It's, let me go back to my dating days when I was a young man and be like... You just meet the, 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 the nerdy girl who, how shall we say, is into you. And she likes you. And when she smiles, it makes you smile. And then the hot, mean, cruel cheerleader comes by. And she, she's into me because I'm really good at English and she wants me to write her English paper, right? I like them both. I can't choose. Right? <laughs> the point being is, that's okay sometimes. I like both MasterCard and Visa. I own shares of Visa. 
Um, what else is there to talk about today? PG&E's filed for bankruptcy. Wah, wah. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. They're going to get bailed out, but at what level? I don't touch that kind of stuff with a 10-foot pole. I don't like drama. I save the drama for learning the llama. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. We're making financial sense of your portfolio. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. There's so much we could talk about. I'm Rob Black. I've been doing financial radio for well over 20 years now. Whoa. And I feel old. I try to show you things that I've seen and help as best as I can. PG&E, for instance, is showing us that utilities used to be boring, used to be easy dividend money for widows and orphans. Not so much now. Wasn't that long ago when my grandpappy sat me down on his knee and said that he saw utilities as safe, boring, and modestly profitable. A lot of people get mad at companies like PG&E for burning down California for the lives that have been lost. But keep in mind that at one point in time, they helped penny-saving retirees, penny-pension retirees get a good, good income. So things began to change heavily in the 1990s with deregulation of the utility companies. A lot of deregulation. You could probably say Clinton was, Bill Clinton was the president that helped deregulate quickly. Phone monopolies. Um, and then there's a kind of re regulation where they all split up and they all kind of start to get back together on some levels. Uh, but deregulation is a big thing. California's largest utility owner plans to file for Chapter 11 bankruptcy now. Rooftop solar panels, global warming, burning up the forests. It's not a safe sector anymore. It's not for grandma. It has absolutely become more complicated to invest in utilities. When I heard that you can get solar and sell it back to the Utility company. I'm like, woohoo, I'm going to become a millionaire. I'm going to make so much sun on my roof that uh, I, I, I just sit back and get fat and wealthy. Well, I'm fat ish. I call myself big boned or chunky. Not necessarily fat, but you might call me fat. I don't know. Anyhow, and anyway, I'm totally digressing. Utilities that invested heavily in giant nuclear and coal plants have found themselves saddled with, you know, mounting costs. Nuclear was the cheapest energy source for quite a while, except for when it went wrong. It went really, really wrong. South Carolina, they had a company called Scanna. Um, it was a pretty big utility, biggest utility in South Carolina. Spent nine years working to expand a nuclear power plant, and then it pulled the plug on it. Not exactly the way they, the way they wanted it to play out, right? You spent nine years investing $20 billion plus, and you're still not there. Woo. So you can see that utilities have changed, right? I think global warming is literally changing the landscape for utilities with hotter summers, making wildfires more common. California has strict liability laws, meaning power companies can be held responsible for fire damages. That means much more financial risk. PG&E has explicitly said that if they have to clear every tree from above a power line, costs will go up by about five times. So look at your utility bill. Let's say mine was $250 last month. I don't want to pay $1,200 a month, but when... 86 plus people died in the campfire. Someone has to pay for those funerals and someone has to pay for those those claims. And the company used to be modestly profitable. 
they're not rolling in dough. Although I'm not going to get into that conversation because some people are like, have you seen the executive vice president of PG&E has a Lamborghini? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> I, I know. But the more things change, the more they stay the same sometimes, right? A good example on that is GameStop. I grew up loving video games. It was just that time of, of innovation, right? With the Atari 2600 and ColecoVision and Intellivision and... You got into all sorts of other gaming consoles, the Commodore 64, the TI-99. They were kind of more computers than they were gaming machines, but they certainly sold games. And you'd go to a a mall. You'd walk right in. And uh, the one that you probably know is a company called GameStop. And you'd go to the mall. You'd walk in. Now, what have we heard about malls? A lot of them are being converted into condos now because people aren't going to the malls because of Amazon. That's the thought. That's the easy box to put it in, right? I don't go to malls because I don't like people. Hate people. Um, so GameStop is ending efforts to sell itself because people have stopped coming to malls. People have stopped going. They're, they're like, why do I have to pay for it? I can just pre-order it online. Whether you want to get the physical copy from Amazon or you want to get a you know a, a digital copy. So the more things change, the more they stay this. And new. this is digital. Napster taught us beware world because things that can be delivered in physical form if we can figure out a way to do it in digital watch out i can't even tell you the last time i bought a cd right or a dvd or right so gamestop now has said it's gonna it can't sell itself they can't find financing at terms a buyer would find acceptable shares are down 20 percent on the news so you're seeing companies like epic with Fortnite, get 200 million plus users, and they're downloading their game straight from Epic or from Apple or Xbox. They're not doing it at a store. They still f- sell copies at the store, but why? You get some V bucks out of it or something like that. So with physical video games out of vogue in the digital age, there's not a lot of people that want it. You know, how much fat can you turn from the company before you reopen it? Now, maybe this time next year we'll be going. There's a new Xbox Five coming out. I don't know. Is that? PlayStation 5, is that the right generation that we're on right now, fifth generation? I know it's called the Xbox One, and they've come out with some Xbox One Plus, but let's just say there's a new Sony PlayStation coming out, the PlayStation 5. And people may start getting excited, and they'll stop by the store and look at posters and go, ooh, look, it's coming out. Digital killed those guys, man. Digital killed them. So as an investor, one of the things you got to do is start thinking about this kind of stuff, in my opinion. you got to look at what could go wrong, not just what could go right. You know, another company that things can go wrong on, they are Tesla. They have just four weeks to rally 21% as a stock or pay $920 million in bonds. That's pretty crazy. So it's called convertible bond debt. Tesla can dodge the payout by exchanging the note for a mix of cash and stock, but only if the shares jump 21% from the current level. And they ain't got a lot of time. I would bet against this one. But then again, who knows? Maybe... Elon Musk has got the secret tunnel coming. Oh, he already said that. Or maybe he's got this Hyperloop. No, he already did that. What's he going to surprise us with? He's got 20 plus days. You're on the clock, sir. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking money investing and more. Joining me now like he does every Tuesday at this time. 
Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. How are you, Mr. O'Hare? I'm good. Morning, Rob. I'm doing okay. A little bit cold here in Chicago, but surviving. Yeah, you got that polar vortex thing going on. How's that feel, being outside? <laughs> I have felt uh, better days. We'll put it that way. <laughs> it's uh, 50 and balmy here, but not rubbing it in, not rubbing it in, because we could use the rain and the water. Um, off topic, let's get back to investments. Um, January looks like it's coming to an end. How do you feel looking back at the start of the year, the first month? Is it going to tell us a good year or too tough to tell at this point? Yeah, I don't. I think it is too tough to tell. I know probably there will a lot be made of the of the January barometer, um, you know, or in terms of you know how how January goes. Typically, the year goes. Um, obviously, that was proven wrong last year, but um, but I think what's unfolded here in January. Um, is not surprising in some respects, just given how deeply oversold the market got toward the end of 2018. And so you kind of almost had this, you know, like this coiled spring ready to pop and on a um, on an oversold uh, market, and and you got that, and it, you know, and it coincided with the arrival of some economic data and some commentary out of the Fed, uh, and even some earnings results that just you know weren't as uh, as dour sounding as as the market was. Making them out to be in 2018. Um, now that's not to say things are are great. Uh, it's just that the market, I think, has recalibrated here uh, to account for the fact that things are not also as bad as they were feared to be. And so now we're, you know, in this um, you know new trading zone, I guess, if you will. And you know, won't surprise us if you know we see some type of you know consolidation period here uh, with a little bit of a downside bias, perhaps as more data and more earnings guidance comes in that kind of reinforces that view that um, that things are slowing down, you know, and, and, you know, coincidentally, we had that combination this morning, really, with the consumer confidence number, with the uh, Case-Shiller home price index uh, showing a deceleration in home prices, and then uh, and then a number of companies out with some earnings guidance that was uh, certainly on the cautious side of things. Speaking of earnings season and guidance, it seems to be, from reading your page one column, which I start every day with, it seems that some of the guidance has been on the, the light side for sure. So some of the China problems are being blamed, the China trade issues with Donald Trump and the tariffs. Um, is that fair to say that, that the tariffs in China have become kind of a sub-story or a story in the earnings season this year? Uh, you know, it is fair to say, Rob, and I, you know, I don't know if, if uh, I think tariffs is still kind of that asterisk, but but China is, is is not. I mean, China is clearly slowing down, and and you are, you know, hearing more companies just talk about general economic conditions in China being weaker than you know, creating weaker than expected demand, and that's you know likely would have been heard irrespective of the tariff measures that have been been enacted, and so not you know you're hearing a little bit of peripheral commentary about uh, companies being concerned about these tariff measures, but in general, you know, it strikes us more as this is just a, a, an economic factor that's, that's entering into the mix here, um, and, uh, you know, and it's something to be watched. I mean, you heard out of Caterpillar and NVIDIA yesterday, um, you know, 3M this morning, uh, talking about, you know, things slowing down in China, so um, it's not to be dismissed, you know. Only because you know China is you know, it's the second largest economy in the world, and so um, so you do have to respect that element. And um, 
Um, but but overall, yeah, earnings guidance has uh, I think is you know what I was alluding to earlier. You know, companies aren't necessarily pounding the table uh, on the 2019 earnings outlook, and it's enough to, I think, give this market a little bit of cause for pause here to kind of let things settle uh, down and, and just see, you know, um, whether whether the market has justification to continue this breakout effort or if it's going to be uh, shown to have some justification to roll prices back just because it's getting, you know, a little bit too ahead of itself, perhaps, and in terms of its optimism about the economy and and what 2019 will bring. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Government shutdown is over for at least three weeks. Um, Does that give the market a little bit of room to run, or is it going to be a concern? Is it weight taken off the market, or is it weight that could be put right back on? I I can't figure it out. Yeah, it, and it's one of those crazy factors, Rob, and it was hard to figure okay. out. You know, um, Obviously, it didn't deter the stock market uh, in, in the thrust of everything, right? I mean, you had all of the, you know, a lot of the negative press coverage, uh, which, was, which was honest press coverage. It was just, you know, it was obviously negative because there are real concerns and issues surrounding real people, um, you know, related to that shutdown. And, um, but the stock market just kept on climbing, you know, uh, through it all. And, you know, the market does not like un- uncertainty, but, you know, I think that its ability to kind of shake things off in January as that shutdown was unfolding was uh, rooted in large part on the uh, recognition that yeah, that it had the Fed by its side, too. You know, um, the Fed was sounding more dovish-minded, and that obviously serves as a nice placating factor for the equity market. But, uh, but I also think it was wrapped up in this idea that there would be some type of resolution. There always is to a government shutdown. Um, but... The, the issue that I think the market, if it's going to get grounded again and really worrying about what's, you know, the politics of Washington, D.C. And, and budget matters and, and things like that, would would likely be availing itself in coming weeks and months uh, if this partisan standoff, you know, raises questions about the ability to, you know, reach some type of compromise on raising the debt ceiling without uh, having all these bargaining chips hold, you know, held over the the head of that a very important issue, and uh, that's not in the mix yet. But it's something that I think is, you know, going to be uh, in the back of the market's mind if if we get into another shutdown situation. It's it's out there, right? It's one of those things. That it is out. Now there. we're starting to move. Um, it is out there. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my! This is a market that's just. I want to focus on earnings, and I'm thrilled that we're in earnings season. Like Apple today is going to report numbers, and um, I listen to a lot of conference calls, and I highly encourage others to listen to conference calls. Are you the type of analyst that will listen to conference calls, or are you you more big picture than say micro? Well, I'm 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 more of a macro oriented, uh, you know, top down. Uh, analyst, um, you know, we do have analysts at briefing.com who who are certainly listening to these important conference calls. We'll have someone on the call for Apple today as well. But um, you know, but I look at it, you know, interestingly from uh, just this big picture takeaways when when you have a you know one of the world's largest companies by market capitalization, you know, selling into a market that I believe represents close to twenty percent of sales. Um, you want to hear what Apple is going to be saying about demand in China. I mean, we already heard the warning, the revenue warning from from Apple that was linked to the slowdown in China. But uh, but like anything else for a forward looking market, you know, everyone's waiting to hear that you know that next level of guidance. You know how this year might unfold and what Apple's seen relative. 
relative to uh, to the Chinese economy. Uh, so it's going to be an important report, and I think it will be important for market sentiment, certainly, just because the issues surrounding Apple seem to be very well known at this point in terms of why the stock is cratered like it has. And so it'll be interesting to hear and see how the market reacts to uh, to what we hear out of Apple tonight. So just taking a look at your page one, start my day each and every day with it. Um, it's pretty thorough. It's a pretty long list of, of, of issues to think about. The one that kind of throws me for a loop is PG&E filing for bankruptcy, because not so long ago it was considered a safe stock, or utilities were a safe stock. But things changed in the 90s with solar panels and the, the planet seems to be heating up and there's more fires. Are there any safe places to hide, in your opinion? as far as investing goes, other than U.S. Treasuries, which yield almost nothing? Yeah, I was going to jokingly say cash. But, um, you, know, be, um, uh, you know, Rob, I think probably, um, uh, you know, it all depends on kind of what, you know, what someone's time horizon is. You know, there's, there are places to hide. You know, you have these kind of companies with fortress balance sheets. You look at, say, like a J.P. Morgan, right? They're not going out of business, but that doesn't mean that the stock will necessarily do well as the market has concerns about the yield curve and uh, and loan growth. Um, so if you have a shorter-term time horizon, you might be looking at some capital depreciation there, but your, your investment will be safe, uh, but you have to have a longer-term outlook. So it kind of really just depends on, you know, that time horizon and what one's risk tolerances are. But, you know, PG&E is certainly a very unique situation, um, and uh, it's running afoul of that normal perspective that utilities are a fairly safe place to be. Thanks for joining me. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. It's Patrick O'Hare with Briefing.com. One last thing that I should have asked him was, what's your prediction on the Federal Open Market Committee? Because they've just started a two-day meeting today. Many think that now is the time for them to pause and reflect, but we'll see. We wait and we will see. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. You can find briefing at briefing.com, briefing.com. It's a great source of international and national news tied towards the stock market. But on top of it, it's all about the economies, the dollar, inflation. There's so much information there. They've got an earnings calendar. So you can take a look at who is getting the love and not who's beating expectations. The way they set up their columns is pretty nice. Um, so that's out there. Briefing.com, that's briefing.com. And they also do a really nice job tracking IPOs. They've got some technical traders there, um, technicians. They have some growth stock ideas. Check it out, briefing.com, that's briefing.com. Home price growth slowed in November. Ooh, how will we do it? We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. It's Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. I learned something kind of interesting recently, that some smart television companies are using the information of the shows that you're watching and selling it to advertisers. And what was fantastic about it was CEO of this television company said, we wouldn't be able to sell it to you so cheaply. It would cost a lot more if we weren't making money on the side. Now, Apple gets into trouble today because FaceTime has a bug in it that lets people eavesdrop on your iPhone or Mac without your knowledge. Um, now, they've, they've squashed the bug, they say. They're doing everything that they can to, you know, people say disable your FaceTime. 
all you need to do is start a FaceTime call, swipe up to add a person, and enter your own phone number. This will create a group FaceTime call and automatically answer the call for the person on the other end. Both the caller and the original recipient will be able to hear one another, or if the caller is quiet, I could eavesdrop on you. That doesn't freak me out. Uh, you know, again, this is the best part about this story. Back in 1990s, I'm doing a, uh, late 90s, I'm doing a, a broadcast on CNET. And it was, I go, who's the idiots that would open up the Anna Kornikova email? There's a nude picture of Anna Kornikova in your email, and people click on it, and they got a virus, right? The next day, I got a virus, and my computer went down. And I, I, was, I was laughing at those people. Now, Apple's had this little problem where they've been laughing at some people, like FaceTime, uh, like Facebook. Facebook, FaceTime, too close to each other. Um, and karma's kind of coming back to get them. And a teenager discovered the bug. Start a FaceTime video call. While it's still ringing, swipe up from the bottom of the screen and click Add Person. Add your own phone number to the call, and now you'll be able to hear the microphone from the other device, even if the owner isn't anywhere near his phone. So that doesn't freak me out for some reason. I can live with it. I'm okay with that. Um, but I don't know if that's really what you want to hear. NVIDIA is so out of fashion right now, out of favor. It's, it's worthy of note. That sometimes companies, when they announce bad things, they get beat up pretty hard. But usually there's a second leg down. Typically, it isn't all solved in one. It's, and there, a lot of people want to buy right now. Buy when you can, not when you have to, right? Howard Schultz is talking. And um, I've always liked Howard Schultz. It was a company that I wanted to invest in. It was a cream of the crop kind of company. It was a, an iconic name. And he's a billionaire for coming up with the Starbucks concept, right? He says... The millionaire former Starbucks CEO says he could never run for president as a Democrat because the party has moved too far left. He said, if I ran as a Democrat, I'd have to say things that I know in my heart I do not believe, and I have to, and I can't be disingenuous. That's awesome. When a guy guy knows who he is, it's like Jimmy Carter once said he lusted in his heart for, uh, was it Cheryl Teague or some, Cheryl somebody, right? And uh, you're a married man. You're the president of the United States. You're not supposed to say those kind of things. But it was kind of refreshing that he did. Schultz says the nation cannot afford the priorities of the far-left Democrats, including full government-paid health insurance and college tuition. And you know there's that new congresswoman, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And she's talking about a 70% marginal tax hitting the wealth. And he's coming out right now and say, not going to happen. So Schultz cited her idea as one of the reasons he could never run for president. He believes the party's moved too far to the left. We, there's no fix here. Capitalism is messy, and our country's gotten bigger and bigger. And as we have, we're, we're killing the middle class with capitalism. But socialism isn't exactly the answer either. Go back to, you know, uh, take a look at China's socialism and the USSR. Uh, you can't give everyone something for free. But then again, college costs are out of control, and hospital costs are out of control. Don't you wish there was one flat cost to go to college? And I know you're saying, now you're starting to dream, Rob. Now you're starting to sound wacky. And I know, because that's not... Stanford's different than, than UC Davis. Don't you wish there was one cost? Your kid breaks his, his leg, and you go, well, that just cost us $400. But you don't know. That's the weirdest part about hospitals. You go in, maybe you, you wheel in your pregnant wife, and you've got her, and you're like, I wonder how much this is all going to cost. Because <laughs> you're signing paper after paper after paper. And you don't know. Um, and then you get insurance. He's like, health insurance didn't cover this kind of stuff. And then you learn health insurance doesn't really cover all that much. Brush your teeth. That's one thing I'll say. 
bad teeth are expensive to fix. <laughs> Just because you have 32 doesn't mean you lose more than one or two. In my opinion. I know you're saying, you just offended a lot of people with no teeth, Rob. You need to go see your, your manager. <laughs> so Schultz is out there, and he's a genuinely, I think, a pretty nice guy. He's, you know, he started college programs for the baristas at Starbucks. He started management programs for the baristas at Starbucks. Um, and I know you're saying he sells expensive coffee, and he does. He expressed dismay at the direction the country's going in, and... He said something that I, it it shocks you when you hear this. And I love being shocked, right? He said Trump is too insecure. And I I stopped and thought about it. I was like, you really want to call that guy insecure? The the crazy guy on Twitter. I don't think you do. Now, Democrats are begging Schultz not to run because they don't want it to turn out like Ross Perot in 1992, where Perot won nearly 19% of the popular vote and basically got George H.W. Bush elected. Um... So George H.W. Bush and Democratic challenger Bill Clinton, the enthusiasm around pro, was blamed for giving the presidency to Clinton. That's what I meant to say. So lots going on in 2019. We're starting to get into political season for 2020, right? Oh, didn't we just go through an election cycle? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. And again, when I say capitalism is killing the middle class, I'm seeing it. I'm Rob Black. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.